Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning. Good morning to all of my international listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the GreatTalkZone.com internet radio. And I hope, hope um, um, you know, I certainly hope that you all out there are safe and you're healthy and happy since our last conversation. And I hope that um, any and all issues that may have come to you have been resolved amicably and with understanding. Today is going to be a great show, and my guest Reginald Campbell, um, mental health ther- therapist, and I will engage with conversations that I promise you will be educational, enlightening, and lively. So, um, you know, listeners, um, you know, it's just been um, a lot going on, hasn't it, with um uh, we're going to talk a, a bit, you know, time permits, you know, about um, the mandate for no longer having to wear masks and social distance and um, those kinds of things. And um, all dealing with this pandemic and um, the, the shots and the lack thereof of people taking the shots and, you know, so give you some food for thought. So um, Today for my monologue, listeners, I want to talk to you about mixed messages. And what I mean by this is that throughout my tenure um, here broadcasting on TalkZone.com, you don't have to think about it if it's coming up on six or seven years. I can't remember. <laughs> but anyway, it's been very good relationship with um, TalkZone.com, with um, uh, Gene Stern, and also with uh, my fabulous engineer, Randy Meyer. and um, and, you know, during this time, you know, I have talked about different topics and I have coined many phrases as well um, because I also am a writer as well. I've had lots of things published and that I felt and still feel will help you all on some level in your life. Now, as I started um, uh, with this broadcasting company, uh, my first show was put it all on the table through mediation because I, I, you know, I'm a professional mediator and I believe in the entire process of mediation. So therefore, I wrote about many variant topics involving this process in order that I may help the listener to have a better understanding of this process. And because I do believe that, you know, that this is one of the most profound uh, methods for an alternative method for resolving um you know, your issues, you know, besides traditional court settings. So as I changed the platform, you know, going forward, um, um, you know, I changed it for a more broader uh, perspectives and scenario for discussions. And now it's known as Here's Teresa. I'm still, you know, I still made sure to always start my show with a discussion in a monologue uh, that will hopefully assist and or help the listener in some aspect or aspects of their life. Um, so I want to, let me, let me say, say something, uh, you know, that's on my mind before I start on my monologue. Um, you know, my prayers, um, have gone uh, to the families who loved ones were lost 
you know, who lost their lives, you know, including the shooter um, here in San Francisco, uh, in San Francisco, California. And uh, it was reported that he was a disgruntled gunman who entered the skyscraper with two automatic weapons targeting the law firm of Pettit and Martin. That's located in San Jose as well. They said that uh, he opened the, you know, opened fire at the VTA light rail facility and uh, nine lives, including the gunman, were lost. The San Francisco Chronicle says that it is the deadliest in the Bay Area since the San Francisco killings in 1993. And it is the eighth in Northern California in the past five years. This is why it is important to stay prayed up, be fully awake as you are out and about, and God help us all. Okay, going back to my monologue, I'm going to revisit several previous messages that included phrases that I coined during my show's uh, monologue tenure on TalkZone.com that I hope will inspire and or give you some clarity as you are moving along, um, you know, with your day. The first message I want to talk about, listeners, is if you love me, love me. This means, listeners, that you love a person regardless of their flaws that they may have, knowing that you have flaws, too. And that mistakes are made by all of us. And because of this and because of it, when a person makes a mistake, um, people far too often hold grudges and grudges should not take place because listeners grudges that you hold are not hurting that person. The grudges that you hold are hurting you. Okay, and it's stopping you from achieving your goals and and, uh, aspirations in your life. The next message um, is mistakes are the tools of knowledge. This is a powerful message, listeners, because I stated earlier is that we all make mistakes and that the important thing to remember is to pay close attention as to why the mistake was made. How could you have done things better? What part or parts did I play in the mistake? such as a disagreement with your spouse, co-worker, or friend, or stranger. Because you see, when we are involved in disagreements, listeners, if I stated, you know, many times on my show, we all are the players in it. So you see, as Maya Angelou stated, when we learn better, we do better. Learning from our mistakes, listeners, gains us a most important component in our lives, which is wisdom. And wisdom means the quality of having good judgment, experience, and knowledge, the quality of being wise, which is something that you gain once you learn from the mistakes that you were or are involved in. The faster I go, the less I see. Ah, yes, one of these messages, I love this one uh, very much. This was a title uh, sermon that was televised on July 3rd, 2016, by Dr. Charles Stanley, a minister who is one of the best in his field for teaching and educating his listeners regarding the Bible and adding common sense educational theory to his sermon so that it will be more apropos for his listeners to understand and apply to their everyday life. Well, I thought how interesting, enlightening and educational the teaching was and how this teaching can perhaps be applied to the practice of mediation and our everyday lives. For example, he referred to a lot of human beings as being drifters, as we are drifting away from God, drifting away from reality. 
For me, this directly points out the association of not taking the necessary time to listen to what we are saying and doing and and doing and what we are doing to one another and ourselves and ultimately causing strife, resentment and just being an unhappy soul. So perhaps the aforementioned is one of the direct correlation for the continued growth of conflict, hatred, racism and crime throughout our nation and our world. As Barbara Walters coined the phrase, take a little time to enjoy the view. There is so much beauty in this world that God created. And oftentimes, especially now, it is overlooked. Our lives today are too ingrained in instant gratification. I want it now and not caring who you hurt or what applications are applied to obtain whatever it is you want. Just give it to me and give it to me now. Companies are particularly involved in this scenario, you know, which is a premise I feel listeners for swiping your card at the register. I get the money right now. I don't have to send you an invoice. You just pay me right now. Stating that, you know, uh, paper is a thing of the past and credit card and debit card and cryptocurrency is the future. The aforementioned all equates, listeners, to the quick, fast, and in a hurry lifestyle human beings are engaging in now. This message is indicative in how people drive their vehicles on the streets and how love, manners, patience, and ethics are greatly becoming a thing of the past. Slow down, listeners, so you can hear so you can see what it is you are saying, what is you, what it is you are viewing, what it is you are doing, you know, to yourself and to others. And it's very important to remember that karma is alive and well. Re-educating the uh, educated and educating the uneducated is a phrase that I coined years ago. This is my last point that I'm going to state in my monologue, listeners, that it is one of the most heartfelt broadcasts I feel that I've made. As we today discuss the importance of making assurances that all who want to be educated can achieve it, that it should not be hard and overwhelming, expensive to achieve this goal. And needless to say, prejudiceness should not be a factor in it either. An educated populace equates to a thriving populace. God created this world so that we all could live in abundance, not just a few of his children, but all of his children. That there is enough for everyone to do so if they please to do so. Obviously, that is not the case in this world. This country in particular that I dearly love boasts about being one or if not the most richest and powerful country in the world. And yet I and others greatly contribute my, our time and money consistently for those who are without. That they need assistance to just survive on a day-to-day basis. Educational Education listeners is a vital tool because once you have it, no one can take it from you. You become gainfully employed and because it gives you buying power that stimulates the economy, If we all help one another, and what a beautiful thing this would be. 
Listeners, my monologues are very important to me because to me, it is like a prayer in the mornings in my life. It sets the tone for the day. And it is my intention to set the tone for every one of my shows by giving you, my listeners, insight to keep listening to me. And it is my utmost objective to help people in the manners that I was blessed with from God as he has given me my voice, the ability to think and script deeply, clearly, and succinctly with love, grace, and display those positive projections that come from this onto others in hope of assisting those who need assistance. We all have been locked and loaded listeners with varying gifts from God. We all have a mission or missions as being spiritual beings, having a human being experience here on earth to do our absolute best every day. I ask that you open up your mind, your heart in order that you learn from them as quickly as possible. Also, always remembering that time is our most precious commodity. Our mind is the most powerful and our heart is where God resides. Thank you for listening to that, listeners. I am now going to bring on my guest. He is the world's best mental health therapist, and his name is Reginald Campbell. Good morning, Reginald. Hey, good morning, and good morning to everyone. Good morning to all the listeners out there. Okay. I want to start off with something that um, I feel <laughs> is, is very good. According to BlackEnterprise.com, a toddler with 146 IQ became Mrs. Mrs. Youngest American mem uh, member. This was reported by Andrea Blackstone on May 26, 2021. I happened to see this report yesterday um, on the late news, and I, and I was just so thrilled about it. Well, Fox 11, I didn't hear it on Fox, but Fox 11 <clears throat> reported that a two-year-old toddler from Los Angeles named Kashe Quest has, has been accepted into Mensa, which is the largest and oldest high IQ society in the world. Quest is the youngest member of American Mensa. She has an IQ of 146, while the average IQ in America is 100, according to you know this report. Now, according to American Mensa website, Mensa is an international society. The sole membership qualification is a score in the top 2% of the general population on a standardized intelligence test. Now, Kashe's mother um, stated that she noticed Kashe's memory was really great. So, Anthwal, um, her name, last name is Ant, as Anthwal, that Kashe picked up things really fast and was really interested in learning. She said at about 17 or 18 months, she had recognized all of the alphabet, numbers, colors, and shapes. This is what she is saying to Fox. In the interview, Anthral added that although Kashe can always do things like identify all 50 states by shape and location on a map, she learned Spanish, count to 100, and identify elements on the periodic table by their symbol, she is still a normal two-year-old who has tantrums. Communications um, is a it is, it's a little different because of Kashe's ability to understand just a little bit more, but you know, could giftedness be inherited trait in some cases? Now, according to Mensa, young Mensans are one of the fastest growing segments of Mensa's membership. Programs and services offered through Mensa are specifically designed to meet their unique needs. With more than 50,000 members, American Mensa is reportedly the largest national Mensa operating under the all species of Mensa International LTD. 
There are currently more than 130,000 members worldwide. Your thoughts on that, Reginald? <laughs> I just think that's so fantastic and, and cute at the same time. I'm just thinking of a, of a, of a two-year-old and how two-year-olds develop and how two-year-olds have their, their little tantrums and things like that, and then just having this uh, this child blessed with, um, you know, that intelligence, uh, I'm sure it's truly remarkable and, and fantastic for the parents and, and, and the loved ones of that child to see. So, uh, bless her heart, uh, bless, bless her heart, it, you know, that just shows God's work. Oh, absolutely. And it also shows that if you take some time with your children, you can develop these things. As I spoke earlier, that we all have come here locked and loaded with some talent. Everybody's talent and things that uh, to do are not the same, but nevertheless, we are all unique and gifted in, in something that we need to do. And we just need to ask and find out what it is so that we can live our lives uh, beautifully and fully. Now, <laughs> avoiding travel to Japan. The upcoming Olympics is causing more than a stir for individuals who want to come to Japan and view the ceremonies and events for the most uh, anticipated Japan Olympics. However, on May 25th, 2021, Reginald VOA News reported the following. With less than two months remaining before the opening ceremony, the Tokyo Olympics received another jolt Monday when the U.S. government issued a warning for its citizens not to travel to Japan due to rising rates of new COVID-19 cases. The State Department issued its highest travel advisory warning level four, citing Japan's slow vaccination rate and the country's own restrictions on travel from the United States. Now, a separate warning regional has been issued by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and they said even fully vaccinated travelers may be at a risk for getting and spreading COVID-19 variants and should avoid all travel to Japan. Now, the Tokyo Olympics are scheduled to take place from July 23rd to August 8th after a one-year postponement as the novel coronavirus pandemic began spreading across the globe. But the Japanese capital and other parts of Japan are under a state emergency regime to quill a surge of new infections that has overwhelmed you know, hospitals across the country, prompting growing public uh, sentiments against staging the event. So what do you think about this? You know, do you think that, you know, they have already said, you know, be be aware, you know, buyer beware, don't do this, don't do that. Do you think that people are going to pay attention? And at the same time, do you think that Japan is really going to invoke its its criteria of not having people travel from the United States to Japan? Well, I, I, I think they will. It's, it's a difficult thing. Um and I know that the last time the uh, country of Japan um, hosted the Olympics was in, I believe, 1964 uh, in Sapporo, Japan. And so the Olympics is a, is a big deal, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it has brought countries together. It has brought countries together after war, uh, before wars and things like that. Uh, but now you throw in, um, you know, this coronavirus, that's just a whole different thing. I think they'll mm-hmm. do the best they can to keep the athletes safe and the best they can to keep the citizens safe. Um, mm-hmm. But people need to be careful on their own as well. Um, you 
know, the government can only do so much. Um, if they can have the restrictions and things like that, but if people don't follow those restrictions, you know, that's when, uh, you know, people can get into trouble. So Get into trouble, uh, yeah. So I just hope that everyone, you know, takes it serious, be careful, um, you know, continue to wear masks, and, um, you know, but the country and the world needs something like this after the past 18 months. Yeah, Um I yeah, I, and I understand. Like I said before, you know, on my show, that uh, I understand that people are, you know, gearing up for the holiday that's coming this Monday because you know we had to go through so much and and um, you know, in preparation for you know diminishing this um this virus that has attacked not just this country but you know the whole world. But I'm just talking about this country for right now, and you know they already are talking about um. You know, uh, the um, numbers are rising and, um, you know, and it's like a lot of people there. What they're concerned about is a lot of people who didn't want their want to wear their mask in the beginning and didn't want to practice uh, any of the any of the guidelines uh, from the beginning. So, you know, uh, coupled with that and it doesn't matter if you've been um, vaccinated or not. So the, the whole thing, what I'm saying is that, you know, people still need to be. Um, you know, very cautious. I know that there's a need for people to have camaraderie, have laughter, enjoyment and things like that, you know, but in order for us to get get there, you know, we, we have to just be very, very careful. Now, this report also said that in Hong Kong, a high ranking official is warning that the city may soon have a discard, may have to discard millions of COVID-19 vaccine doses because not enough people are getting inoculated before the dose expires. Uh, Tseng said it was just not right that Hong Kong was sitting on an unused pile of doses while the rest of the world is scrambling. Not enough people are getting inoculated before the doses expire. Um, so observers have blamed the situation on a number of factors, okay, including vaccine hesitancy, online disinformation, a lack of urgency in the city that has largely avoided a major outbreak of this virus, and rising distrust in authorities in Hong Kong and China, which is now also somewhat of the same thing that's going on in this country because of the big slowdown of inoculations. What do you think about that, Reginald? Yeah, um, boy. It, it just shows that, um, you know, communication is, is so important, Uh what the government says, what the government does, governments, should I say, and that's just country's government, but governments throughout the world do, mm-hmm. you know, to inform their citizens. Um, yeah, there's hesitancy about the um, the medication because of, you know, people have, I've had this conversation with someone yesterday, um, you know, their, their, their reluctance, even though they, they took the um, the, the vaccine, you know, the reluctance that, that they had, um, you know, because of, of, you know, some of the information that they've heard about how it, how it affects certain people. So, so I think it's just so important that governments work with uh, each other. Uh, governments inform the citizens of, of, of what's happening, that the pharmaceutical companies are forthright in all of their um, 
uh, research of, of the vaccines and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mix all of that together to provide the best information and the best product uh, for the citizenry of this world and not just this country mm-hmm. of this world. Because this is something that has affected the world, not just this country. Yeah, because as I said before, we we are all connected. What happens to one happens to us all, and we're all breathing in the same air. So, you know, the thing is, is to do your best to um, get rid of this. Everybody should be working collectively. Um, that that that's an ideal situation, uh, but it isn't. Um, that's not what's happening because we do, you know, we have allies, and then we, you know have people who are who are not for us and things like that and they don't understand that everybody is is the inclusive of the you know of of the big picture but mm-hmm. having said that but having said that um the um inoculation is uh, is only vibrant for 6 months and then I heard some reports yesterday um saying is this a year I mean you know uh, so which one is it and this is this is something else that I said last time that all of this disinformation is what plays into some people saying "Eh, maybe I maybe I shouldn't get it there are people who cannot take the um, inoculation personally I wish that they would come up on the antibodies Um, uh, a lot of people have allergies um uh, uh, you know, transplants from and, and things like that. And uh, I think a lot of them have a fear to that and they would like something that is more natural. And I and I wish that they would come up on that. And I think if they did decide to venture into that, I believe and uh, that people would be more open to, you know, doing that because that would be something that uh, is much more natural. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. So, all right, lifting the mass mandates in this country. Are we ready for this? NBC News Elizabeth Chuck reported on May 27, 2021, in part, they're not just wearing their mask on, it's not just about COVID. Now, found a little bit of little bit of chuckle in this though, as I was reading this Reginald. It says in part that when federal health officials recently announced that fully vaccinated people no longer have to wear masks in most situations. Jazz Johnson was among those who kept hers on. Johnson, 46, and will he please stop telling a person's age? It's so stupid. It doesn't matter. Of Kansas City, Missouri, have received both doses for the COVID-19, but she has no desire to go maskless for the past year. Now, Johnson has avoided the colds and flu that she normally gets. She has her 95-year-old grandmother who lives with her on top of this. In addition to help helping keeping her and her family healthy, Mads have offered Johnson something else, which is the chance to hide emotions such as contempt when someone is standing too close to her in a checkout line or boredom when a relative tells the same story for the ninth time. She says, I'm one of those people that cannot lie or get away with anything, Johnson says, who works in an information technology environment. It's been pretty fun now that no one really knows necessarily, you know, what I'm thinking. What do you think about this, Reginald? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny about how, how masks can hide your emotions because, uh, yeah, I can, I can relate to that. Um, 
I think it's still important just, uh, you know, to wear, to wear the mask, um, uh, to keep you again, to keep yourself safe, to keep others safe. Um, yeah, people standing too close to you in a line. Yeah. You know, um, but again, it's, it's about, um, you know, staying safe. Um, I, I, I know that, that they, uh, you know, certain, certain party in this country, Republican party, you know, have always mm-hmm. been against masks. They, they've used it politically. They've used it to, uh, to fundraise. Uh, they've mm-hmm. used it to, uh, um, uh, well, this Marjorie Taylor Greene, she likened it to uh, Holocaust victims. So, you know, people having to wear, you know, the, the armbands and, and, be, and having the stamps on, on their arm or, or their hand. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, so people mm-hmm. are using that in such a hateful, negative way instead of using it as a way to keep everyone safe. And mm-hmm. um, that's my frustration, you know, with that, how, how you know, the Marjorie Taylors of Greens of the world, the Donald Trumps of the world, the Republican Party has used mass as a way to fundraise as a way to not take responsibility for not doing what needed to be done when this uh, virus first came to this country. So, uh, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's for me, I'm going to continue to wear, uh, to wear my mask um, and to be safe and to keep, you know, those that I care about safe as well. Yeah. And the thing, the thing is, is that, um, you know, it's just as a side note, I'm sure, you know, you and my listeners have heard that um, President Biden has now launched an investigation as to the um, it, uh, if this is such a word, the initiality of this COVID-19, which I, I applaud him for that. Um, in, in regards to the report um, that I just read, part of the report that I read by what um, um, the, the, Ms. Johnson is saying, it's very important, yes, to keep yourself and others Everybody, whether I, you know, they're my loved ones or they're just people out in the street. I want to be safe from them and them from me, whatever. Um, it, and it and it can, you know, because I know that when I have my mask on and I have my shades on, um, you know, and, um, you know, I have big hair and uh, you really can't tell if I'm looking at you or what or what I'm doing, you know, Um but um, I still will always and I have always done this um, anyway, pre-COVID, you know, um, is to be as careful as I as I can. Always kept a clean environment, kept my body and everything clean, mind, soul, spirit, um, not liking to be close up on anyone, not unless you're, you know, my husband or, or my loved one or something like that. So I've always done that. And I just think that. In light of all of this, uh, the pandemic, just things are just going to have to be done differently. That's it. You know, it's not going to I know people want to keep doing the same thing. But as I said, that same thing is what actually got us in, you know, in trouble here with this. Now, the science part of this report, Reginald, says the public health benefits of masking combined with social distancing were striking this past year. U.S. flu deaths normally in the tens of thousands annually were significantly lower. But while the experts see a place for masks going forward, most don't believe everyone should wear them all the time. We are not in favor of masking forever in 
or in every situation. Of course not. This is what a person by the name, last name of Park has said. A sense of dependency on it negatively impacts probably your mental health. We all need to see each other's face and be social people and see friends and family. We need to hug each other. Do you think that seeing each other's face, making sure that we are social people, seeing our friends and family and hugging each other is greatly contributory to maintaining um, good mental health balance, Reginald? Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. As a, as a mental health therapist, I, I definitely know that. It is. Just mm-hmm. seeing, you know, if you're having a, a, a down day, for instance, and someone mm-hmm. walks past you with a smile and says, good mm-hmm. morning, how are you today? It definitely lifts your spirit uh, mm-hmm. because we are social human beings. We are, God did make us to, uh, you know, communicate, to see each other, to be around each other. Um, uh, infants uh, who don't thrive and, and who thrive uh, uh, develop appropriately by human touch, infants who don't get that human touch, uh, don't don't thrive the way they the way they should. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. it 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 makes a big difference to be able to see a smiling face, to be able to be around each other. That's why solitary confinement is so cognitive, cognitively detrimental to people because mm-hmm. we're not around another human being. And mm-hmm. it can be detrimental cognitively, you know, to that person. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally agree with that and, and believe that to be true. Yeah, it's it's very important that we that we socialize, you know, with one another. I know that this is one of the things that the um, educators are concerned about with the children, and uh, that they're not getting the social. Um, you know they're not they're not being socially you know invigorated um, if they're if they are um, you know working you know doing their homework from school and 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 uh, things like that you know so um, I I do think that it is very important that uh, people do have the opportunity to to see one another and things like that but you know the the thing is is that I think people a lot of people are apprehensive about it. Because people have caught, you know, colds or germs or whatever, you know, uh, mm-hmm. from, um, you know, other people as they, you know, talk are talking to them and so forth and so on. You know, it, it's, it's terrible, which is why it's, it's, you know, with this this whole thing with the um, in the nursing home, for example, they still are very much um making sure that, you know, if someone has, um, is, is sick or whatever, you got to make appointments now, if you want to go and see someone in a nursing home and things like that. So I applaud them for that because, you know, people that's in a nursing home, they, you know, is they're just in this one confined building. And a lot of times they're, you know, some of the people are, are, um, bound by the bed and they can't get up and move around and exercise themselves, you know, like they, like they want to. So, yeah, I I do think that um that that um that is very important. Okay. So now here's my question. Are we as taxpayers still footing the bill for Trump's family and why? 
So, Best 11 of Vanity Fair reported on 5-17-2021 Reg on Empire the following. The former first son-in-law <laughs> jaunts to the Middle East last week and it cost the taxpayers it was it was twelve thousand nine hundred and fifty dollars, but you know, being an accountant, they're mm. gonna write, you know, it's thirteen thousand dollars. Now it says mm. this was to accompany him to Abu Dhabi between May fifth and May fourteenth of twenty twenty one. And it is not clear as to why he was there, but assumption is saying in this report that it is because of the Abraham Accords Institute for Peace that he recently founded, right, after pretending to solve the conflict in the Middle East. Now, they're saying, Reginald, he is exceptionally wealthy. Why don't he pay for his own stuff? And how is he allowed to do this? I don't see any um, or have I not heard of any not seen, not had, have a not heard of any of the Kennedy's children uh, being able to uh, charge the government for trips. Um, Caroline Kennedy, I've never heard in that. Clinton, um, um, mm-hmm. his his uh, wife, his child, um, Carter. What what the heck is going on? It's it's just really crazy. I don't understand that. How he's able to charge the American taxpayer for his trips abroad with all of the money that they have made um, in in the past four years, you know, uh, it, it, at the, in, the, in the White House, if we have the Donald Trump, mm-hmm. I don't see why the taxpayer is, is footing this bill. It just, mm-hmm. it just makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. I, I just I, I just don't understand that. Yeah, I don't I I don't either, because, you know, um, we had had uh, we also had discussed this on a previous show that mm-hmm. um, that he, you know, and um, um, his wife and child and his grown children mm-hmm. and their wives and children are still being. Um, able to charge the government for this. And then remember, I also reported that um, his ex-wife, you know, the, the mother of his three firstborn children, whatever, that she also had had uh, protection. I'm like, are you kidding me? What is what the what? I I don't know. I, I, I just don't know how they're able to get away with that. Mm. And I mean, it's wow. just, it, it's just, yeah, they're just, it's, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then the report, it didn't say, yeah, the report, it didn't say anything about, um, any responsibilities they're going to make on him or, or whatever. And, you know, this has to stop. I, I don't get it. Now I understand that's mm-hmm. him being a president. He doesn't get all of the, the glitz and glamor of, of, um, the, um, None of them do of of the um uh, uh you know service of the of the you know to be you know safeguarded and things that that only goes for a certain amount of time. So it's like, mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know. Oh, boy, boy, boy. I don't, I don't get it. 
Okay, so let's talk about this one more time while we're still on the Trump family. Now, it's also being reported by Vanity Fair that, um, you know, I'm saying this, his fantasy disdain and hatred still goes on, okay? That Vanity mm-hmm. Fair also is reporting that Trump is bringing back his rallies next month, okay? Mm-hmm. It is also being reported that his team... <laughs> is in the process of selecting venues for a pair of rallies in June with the third expected to take place around the 4th of July. Of course. Mm -hmm. I mean, why Mm -hmm. wouldn't it take place around the 4th of July? Okay. Right. Now I know that I'm reporting on this and, you know, it kind of, you know, whatever, you know, it kind of makes me nauseous, but I'm reporting on it. But, you know, I just have to ask, you know, do we really care and right. they, why don't they just stop reporting on him? Really? Really? There's so many other things that needs to be reported on other people that need to be acknowledged for the greatness that they're doing in this world. Why do they keep reporting on him? And I guess that is why I'm I'm reporting on that, because mm-hmm. this is my question to you. You know, there lies the question of why keep reporting on what he's doing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and this is the mistake that they were, that they made when he was running uh, the first time of all of the free time and advertising everything that, that he received all of, you know, so, so mm-hmm. they need to stop this, you know, they, mm-hmm. they really do how uh, they had something a few weeks ago about, Oh, he has lost weight. It's like, really, really? <laughs> It's like, <laughs> why are you all reporting that? Oh, my God. Who cares? Who cares? He lost, he lost weed. Why do you feel? I just I just want to know. Okay, not you in particular, but why do mm-hmm. people out there feel that it's necessary to keep him relevant on any level? Right. 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 Why? <laughs> what, what, what is why? that about? Why? I mean, in the oh, four God. years he was in office, what is it that he did? What did he do to help exactly. catapult human beings' lives that, you know, you can look back on and say, wow, he was so instrumental in this. Now, you do get some people, Reginald, that are saying that he was instrumental in this, you know, vaccine, getting this vaccine and things started. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, but, Okay, fine. You you want to say that? Okay, okay, fine. Give him that. But he wasn't. He didn't see it through because he no. still didn't believe in it. He was telling his followers that there was no such thing. But yet he and his family get inoculated before they leave the White House because mm-hmm. he didn't want to end up standing in line with any of them or or anything like that. You know, because they got to keep that going. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. You know, so I just, wow. yeah, wow. I, I, like, I'm, I'm just, you know, and, 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 and they, you know, and they're, yeah, you know, and, you know, they're going to televise it. You know, they are, they're going to televise some of it or whatever. And I just think that it's just the waste of the most precious commodity, which is time. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> now let's talk about the violent airline incidents and it's on the rise as travel his pandemic highs reported on May 26, 2021 
by Nora O'Donnell, CBS News. Now, it says in part that flight attendants and passengers are being attacked. You know, I'm like, what is the problem? You know, yeah. And two million flyers are predicted to be flying out this weekend. That is huge. Okay. And so my question is, or my questions are, my questions are, are people really just that dang gone angry and filled with so much darkness that in cases such as this, they do not care if they are arrested, spend time in jail, can't make their bond, they're escorted off planes, some of them handcuffed or whatever, as long as they get up in the morning and obviously the, the initial and only thing on their mind is, I'm going to go out here and start a bunch of crap. I'm mm-hmm. going to be nasty and ignorant, and I don't care what happens to me because this is why they go out and do what they do to people because they don't care about themselves, so therefore they want to put that mm-hmm. on somebody else. So do you feel that this is something they, they get up in the morning? Like I said in my monologue, I get up in the morning and I, and I, and I plan out my day. I started with prayer. You know, I plan out my day because this sets the tone for the mm-hmm. day for my life, but particularly the tone for the day. Mm-hmm. That's very important. You know, so so you mm-hmm. think that these people, Rachel, they get up and, you know, I'm going to go out here and I'm just going to start a bunch of shit, you know, and I don't, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm just going to be mean and nasty. Ha ha. Well, you know, what do you what do you think about that? Unfortunately, sometimes I think, you know, people do. They look a way to. Uh, put their frustrations and their meanness out on others mm-hmm. uh, in any way they can. Uh, just, just look at how people drive. Just just that alone mm-hmm. of how people drive. Mm-hmm. Of, um, last week I was coming home and I was on um, uh, Armour School in Chandler uh, on the way home and it was a semi-truck. You know, I was standing at, at, at the light you know, the semi-truck behind me, he was, gosh, he had to be two inches from my back bumper. Mm-hmm. I, I always leave a good three-fourths car length from the car in front of me. So mm-hmm. I move up. He moves up again, close. Mm-hmm. I move up a second time. He moves up again, close. I mean, so close on my bumper and I'm like why are you doing that what is the reason for you to behave that way Mm -hmm. so I think that people and and what I ended up doing is just to get away from him is is to get in the turning lane and turn onto Chandler Boulevard just to just Mm -hmm. just to get away just to get away from yeah yeah you know Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I so I really think that some people do uh, are out there just to put their frustrations and stuff out on out on others, and which is mm-hmm. which is the, the sad sign of our times. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I I I have to agree with that. I mean, I see it. Um, you know, all the time. This is something that you know I discuss with you and you know and other people that. You know, it's like, oh, my God, you know, the, the way people act, you know, how they drive, um, how they are in the grocery store, you know, um, like, for example, in um, Sprouts, you know, they still 
have the, you know, the little things on the floor when you're going to check mm-hmm. out. And mm-hmm. so people just feel that, oh, you know, well, this is over, not, but in their minds, it's over. And that's so I'm going to avoid, you know, uh, I'm going to, you know, void out everything. I'm going to start putting my stuff on the conveyor belt, even though there's, you know, not any of those, that, those little plastic separator things that, you know, mm-hmm. they used to have there. You So they're not there, but they don't mm-hmm. care. They just start, mm-hmm. you know, and they decide, yeah. no, 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 that, that's not mine. That's hers. You know, it's like, now, why do I have to explain all of this? All you had to do was have some common courtesy, which you don't have. And I know you don't have it and you can't spell it either. And so and just wait until Mm -hmm. I'm done, you know, Mm -hmm. and and seeing this is one of the fears that I have, you know, with this pandemic, you know, because if these shots are six months, some say a year, whatever, it's a short time. It doesn't last long as the polio or measles, mumps, diphtheria or anything like that. We are still very much in trouble. We have not gotten over this. We can't be saying rah, 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 victory when you got Japan. Just read the thing about Japan earlier. Okay. Uh, people aren't taking the shots. They, they got their, uh, their, their, their report in a rise in the, in the uh, pandemic over there. Okay. You got mm-hmm. India. Oh my God. You know, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you got mm-hmm. things over here. And I know all of my doctor friends are saying, no, that you know, the numbers are going up. You know, it's like, Okay. Now, as I was saying about the the airlines, I had seen film footage of how people are attacking each other. Now, Don Gilbertson of USA Today reported on May 24th, I'm sorry, May 25th, Southwest Airlines passenger who allegedly struck flight attendant charged with felony and battery, as she should be. Okay. A Southwest Airlines flight attendant was assaulted by a passenger over the weekend and lost two teeth, Reginald, according to a letter the flight attendants union sent to the airline CEO Monday in an appeal for more safeguards as travel rebounds. And I did see the film footage of this and oh my God, oh my God. The woman had, you know, her, she had two teeth missing and then one side of her face, it was the left side of her face, I believe. It was all bleeding and marred up and scarred up. I'm like... That's just totally ridiculous. You know, this past weekend, it says one of our flight attendants was seriously assaulted, resulting in injuries to the face and a loss of two teeth. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, this is just one of the many occurrences. You know, this is the union writing to uh, Southwest. I write to you today, today because we cannot tolerate our beloved cohorts being abused in such a manner. And because I'm asking for your help and leadership in ending these travesties. I thought that on all these flights, they're supposed to have a marshal or something on these flights. I thought so as well. What, what's did, up with that? When did that stop? I, exactly. They were supposed to have those marshals on each flight. I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if, um, if they're just not saying anything, um, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. Wow. I, I just don't get it. And it's a shame, you know, they were showing people punching each other, um, 
and and things like that, you know, and it's it's just crazy. And so this is a good time to morph into that the month of May, I believe, is uh, Mental Health Therapy Month. I don't know if you if you heard about uh, of that, Reginald. And um and uh, yeah, it's supposed to be Mental Health Therapy Month. So, what are some of the things that you can uh, say? Uh, to people, we have um, I have a little bit of time to say to people that will contribute to them having a healthy mental state. Um, you know that they should. You know, a couple of things that two, three, four things that they can do that they can exercise on a daily basis that they can employ in their in their everyday regime in their life that they can employ that will help them to have a healthy. Um, Health, a uh, mental health balance. Um, well, physical exercise is, is always good, um, and taking time to um, uh, for for meditation, uh, sleep. You know, getting enough sleep and and, and rest. Um, talking to people who you love and who love you. Um, you know, when you're feeling stressed. And even when you're not feeling stress of, of talking to people who you love and who you care about and, you, and who you know love and care about you as well. Um, uh, eating uh, the correct foods um, helps as, as, as well. And, and most of all, again, just taking time for yourself, uh, taking time to relax, taking time you know, for that time out, even during the day, if you're able to, you know, take five, ten minutes, uh, you know, to meditate or to just, you know, kind of close your eyes, you know, for five to ten minutes, you know, between meetings or between, you know, things that the kids are asleep, you know, to take some time, you know. So, so it's important to take that self-time as well, you know. Mhm mhm. Yeah, it is, you know, with all of the things that's going on um in in our world today and um you know having had to um uh, drastically change our life pattern because of the, you know, the uh COVID-19 that struck us uh very quickly and um I I feel that that has really um been one of the factors of so much of this talk about mental health awareness. I know that Oprah Winfrey and Prince Harry has um, has a um, have a program um, that that's dedicated to mental health uh, therapy because they're they're saying that it's so important. So many people are are talking about it, whether they're experiencing this on the low level or or you know that they're having a lot of mental you know deficiency in their life. You know so. I, yeah, I think that I think that um, is is very important, you know. And by the way, um, Oprah Winfrey um, had joined forces with Bruce D. Perry, M.D., Ph.D., and they have a book out called "What Happened to You: A Conversation on Trauma, Resilience, and Healing." I have um, I have cracked the book, but I have not read it all the way through, so I'm not going to speak. Um, you know, a lot about it, but, you know, it's, but I just want to read uh, to you, you know, the note from the authors. See, hopefully I have a little bit of time here. 
And it says the book is for anyone with a mother, father, partner or child who may have experienced trauma. And if you've ever had labels like people pleaser, self-sabotage or disruptive, argumentative, checked out, can't hold a job or bad at relationships used to describe you or your loved ones, this book is for you. Or if you simply want to better understand yourself and others, this book is for you too. We know this reading experience will make you think and make you feel. And at times the feelings may be hard and painful. For some, the intense and sometimes disturbing content will be challenged. For others, the contents about the brain may be unfamiliar and initially difficult to understand. We ask for your patience and trust with us and with yourselves. When you find the reading too challenging, stop. Put the book down for an hour or a week. It will still be there when you feel able to return to it. And when you are ready to continue exploring why, what happened to you, shapes how you think, feel, and act, and, and act welcome. You just may discover a path forward. I thought that was, I thought that was fabulous. I just, mm-hmm. I just had to, I just had to, um, you know, to read that, that one section to you. And then, like I said, it is very, um, uh, it is very, it's a very come at you and a very much an eye opener, you know, as I, I did start reading it, you know, and the first chapter is titled making sense of the world. That's very good. That's very good. And I think that, that anyone who wants to explore and, and, or help, um, you know, themselves, you know, deal with the, um, angst of all of these, all of this um, mental strife and and um, and uh, anxiety that people are going through now, I think um, that would be a good read. Okay, I am out of time. Uh, Randy is telling me <laughs> that I have just a, a few moments left. So I thank you, uh, Reginald, for being on uh, today. I thank you listeners for listening to me and my guest, um, Reginald C. Campbell, the world's best mental health therapist. I hope that the conversation sparked something that will help you um, in your life and that maybe perhaps you can put it on to others. I will be um, seeing you on the radio next month and I pray that you all continue to be safe and healthy and love yourself. Love, 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 love. Please just spread it out everywhere. It starts with you. Remember that. This is Teresa E. Keys. Make it a fantastic day and be safe. 